Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five, roll tape. Four, cue Terry. Three, bring audio up. Two, stand by. One, play intro. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. Are you in the market for a new car? Well, if so, I encourage you to do what I do. Head down to Lule's Car Connection. Lule's has been selling quality vehicles for over 30 years. Lule's brokers any new vehicle selling within dealer invoice. Check this out. Lule's has financing with most major lenders and credit unions. So do what I do. Stop by Lule's Car Connection located at 2055 Mission Street in Salem and tell them Saltissimo sent you. Lule's Car Connection. Stay tuned for the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. Good morning, and welcome to today's Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, KSLM, 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. I am your host, Amanda Smith has joined us. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing fine. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. Amanda, why don't you tell us who we have here? I actually got the pleasure of touring vet care the other day with Jim. Thank you for that, and Jennifer, for setting that up. Thank you. Um, And I thought that what they did is so amazing that I wanted to bring them in to kind of go over and let the listeners know who they are and what they do. Ray Powers is the director. Is that correct, Ray? Correct. All yes, right. Sir. Why don't you tell us a little bit, what, what is VetCare? VetCare is a transitional housing for homeless veterans. We started in August of 2017 with the veteran population that we have here in Salem. There is a big need for getting homeless veterans off of the street, so WestCare Foundation is actually a nationwide nonprofit, decided this would be a good place to start a transitional housing for homeless veterans here. Currently, we have a grant per diem program funded by the federal VA, a 30-bed facility to house 30 homeless veterans up to two years in our program if they need that. Are you full? We are currently full at this time. Surprise on that one, right? Do you have a waiting list? We do not have a waiting list at this time. It normally will pick up as the weather gets worse. Right, right. So what are some things that you guys offer the vets? Uh, We provide them stable, clean, and sober living environment. We feed them three meals a day. We help them with employment services, life skills building, and continuous case management the entire time they're in our program. If they have any medical issues, uh, we help them get those medical issues fixed. If they need any benefits, we help them get linked up with all the benefits they need to be successful when they leave the program. Yeah. So when I was touring your facility, they actually have their their rooms, they have a living room area and games. Do you want to kind of walk us through that on what Correct. their housing yeah. is like? We have a 15-room facility, and each room has two clients in it right now. We have a community center where they can watch TV, play games. We also have a computer room. They can sit and check their emails, look for jobs, apply for jobs, all of that kind of stuff in the facility as well. We have a fully staffed kitchen and dining area where they get three hot meals a day. Um, If they do have jobs, then we'll make them a sack lunch when they go out to work so they always have stuff to eat and they don't have to worry about anything other than just getting better. Yeah. Wow. What are some of the eligibility requirements, uh, Ray? As long as you have one day of active duty and you are not dishonorably discharged, you'll qualify for our program. Okay. The applicant must be homeless or at risk of becoming homeless? They have to be homeless or at risk of, of being homeless as well. Are there any other eligibilities? Nothing that we can't work around. Right. Such as, I mean, what, what's, what's an issue? 
Um, sometimes it's, it depends on what their criminal background is, but most of them we will go ahead, um, look past that. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and bring them in anyway, as long as it's, of course, as long as they're not convicted murderers, we will let them into our program. Right. Okay. So what does it look like? So if a homeless vet comes to you, what is that stages of becoming a client of your guys's? How does that look? They'll actually come in and sit down with the senior case manager and fill out an application packet and make sure that they're willing to follow the rules and our policies and procedures and they're willing to actually work a program while they're in our program. Do they pay for this at all? If they have income, they'll pay up to 30% of their income with a maximum of $600. And I think that's fair. Kind of holds them accountable as well and gets them used to paying bills and budgeting. And that's what we work with them on is their budgeting and anything that they're going to have to do when they leave the program, we want them to initially start doing it when they get into the program. Ray, what is the, uh, your success rate? Right now, we have a 86% of our veterans to go out to permanent housing. Wow, that's a really good success. And then after they can stay there for up to two years, what happens at the end of that two years if they still haven't quite, they're not ready to go out yet? We would have to hook them up with a different program. We work with Easter Seals, which Easter Seals can house them for up to nine months after they get out of our program as well. Okay. okay. And we continue to, to provide another six months of case management after they leave our program. Right. So when you say case management, somebody comes in there, they are... Let's just say they just become homeless. They are a vet. You're going to take them in there. What is the first thing that you're going to do with them? Do you you sit down and just do an interview with them to see where, where they're from, what their background is? Where their heart's at. All right, exactly. Correct. And I'll let Jim talk a little bit more about that as being the senior case manager. Okay. So the first thing that... uh, First of all, I'm sorry, let me me introduce you first. Jim Stackhouse, who is the senior case manager. Yes. Okay. So the first thing, thank you. The first thing we do really is uh, we do have them come in and they do sit down and talk with us. We have a clinician on staff with us that a lot of times himself and uh, I should say myself and he also sit down and we just get a feeling for the individual, right? Mm-hmm. Are we a good fit for them? Are they a good fit for us, right? Because not everybody is ready for a program like ours. But after we have a little bit of a conversation and I find out, is this something that interests you? We actually go through an application process and I uh, make sure that they, they fill this out correctly. And what that, that application process is, is really about when did they serve, right? What their their income is, what their, their challenges are, all those kinds of things to see what we can do for them. Because as a case manager, what we're really going to do for them, honestly, is, and I say this quite frequently, we're there to do three things. Get them physically, mentally, and financially ready to transition into that next stage of life Mm -hmm. because that's what we are, a transition program, right? Everybody's just a little bit different, so every case management is just a little, you know, different from the next person. So we... Once we get that process done, we actually have them vetted through our, we have a VA liaison. She works directly for the VA. She verifies, yes, they are available for a GPD program. Um, They they serve. These are the the times that they serve. So that's just the beginning of the process. Okay. How long does it take, like, let's say if you guys have a bed open and you're interviewing somebody, how long until they can actually get in? It can be quite short, actually. And uh, that is one of those, once I get their, the things I ask for is their name, their social security number and their date of birth as soon as i get back uh vetting from my liaison i can if i've got a bed available for them i can get them in in a day wow um it's it's really up to our protocol and uh, we all talk about it uh when can we get this in 
uh, what's the best timeline. But I can do it, we can do it, I should say, quite rapidly. What can they bring with them if they want them to close? That's a great they, they... Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, what we always tell our clients, every single client, is you bring in what you need for the program. That means, you know, your, your, your clothes. Uh, we're not a storage facility. So we basically say if you can stick it under your bed or into the closet or into your dressers, bring it to the program. Okay. What about if they have uh, family? They can, their families can visit us, obviously, but they, they're not allowed into the client's rooms. You have uh, Jennifer here. Jennifer, you're the program manager. What do you do? I am the HVRP. Get a little bit closer to your microphone, if you would, please. You can even pull it towards you if you want. <laughs> I am the HVRP program manager, which is the Homeless Veteran Reintegration Program. We help um, veterans who are, they have one day active duty service. We help them find employment so they can be homeless or at risk. If they're at risk, then we put them in touch with Easter Seals or our program to help them not lose their home. That's our first thing is getting them stable. Then once we get them stable, we do find them work. We help them get past barriers that they have that would prevent them from being employed. We help them do resumes, um, job search, pretty much anything it takes to get them employed. I go talk with employers if I need to and take that first step so that, you know, I'm introducing this client, you know, my veteran, and it gets their foot in the door. You know, I pretty much do everything what I can to get them employed in a good quality job. I want, I don't want to get them a job. I want to get them the job. So do you have a few uh, people or businesses that you can go to that you know will hire? Yes, I have several that are like second chance employers um, that we deal with. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you ever looking for more of those? Always. Okay. So if anybody out there uh, is has a business that would hire vets in this program, how would they contact you? Um, they can either contact us through VetCare or through my email or my phone. Um, I'm available all the time. Okay. Do you want to give us your email address? Yes. It is jennifer.oneill, which is O-N-E-I-L-L, at westcare.com. Okay. Perfect. I know those resources are always extremely helpful yeah. to help out our vets. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you have vets that come in there that, I don't know, I don't want to say don't want to be there, but they want to hurry up and get out of there? Yes. Yes. We, we definitely do. It just, we do our best to help them get like I said, a good quality job. If um, we have different types, so, you know, I have a vet who it had been over ten years since he had a job, you know, and wow. So we found him a good job, and he loves it. You know, he is one of our success stories. You know, he's done everything to be successful, and he, I mean, we helped him get a bicycle to get to and from work. You That's know, awesome. we'll, we help with getting a, you know, if they need a bus pass to get to and from work. Once mm-hmm. they get a job, we'll get them a month bus pass to get them to their first paycheck. If they need specific tools, you know, for that, if they get construction, mm-hmm. if they need specific tools, we help them get those tools. We help them get, you know, interview clothes. We, you know, we'll do whatever we can to make them successful. And then we also follow them for the, after they get employed, up to six months afterwards to make sure that everything's going good. That's awesome. Like kind of hold them accountable, Mm -hmm. uh, check in, see if there's anything. Because that can be hard going from kind of having all of your guys' help to now I'm on my own. Holy smokes, what do I do? So it's nice to have that, that you check in. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What is the biggest challenge for folks that come into your facility? Uh, sometimes the their background and then trying to find specific jobs that they want to do. There are some jobs that don't take people with bad backgrounds. If you get somebody with a little bit of a sketchy background, you're not going to turn them away. You're going to work oh, with them. Uh, no. 
I no, I would never turn anyone away based on it. You know, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna try and find them a job. You know, a good job that's gonna that is gonna be a good fit for that person. Right. You know, um, if even if it's something that they want to do, if it's something that. I know that I'm not going to be able to find them something. I'll find them something that's similar that where they're going to be happy. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, I want someone who's going to want to get out of bed and go to work, not just, you know, oh, I have to go to work now, you Mm -hmm. know, and then not show up because they don't like it. With with 30 beds available, um, there's probably a lot of people that need the help but can't get in right now because you're full, right? It's not just vet care. We can get any veteran who's homeless or at risk. So it, and we get referrals from like the employment office or even other arches, you know, mid Willamette. Mm-hmm. So it's church of the park you know it's anywhere. That's awesome that you guys all kind of lean on each other mm-hmm. and help each other out with different organizations. Yeah. That's great. And they do not have to be part of our need program. To pull, pull the microphone over there. They do not have to be part of our program to get services from the HBRP grant. Really? Completely yeah. different. Okay. Any veteran any veteran that has one day of active duty and is at risk of being homeless can get employment services. Okay, so you don't have to be a part of your program to get you do not, to right. utilize that. They do not have that's... to be a transitional housing client. Okay, that's amazing. That's awesome. It certainly is. How are you funded? Uh, the Department of Labor, right? Okay. Yeah, the Department of Labor for the HBRP grant. The GPD program is a VA-funded program, federal VA-funded program, as well as our housing case management program mm-hmm. is also federally funded, as well as our suicide prevention grant. Okay, which okay. we'll dive into on the next segment. All right. We, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, more with today's special guest. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. We'll be back after this brief timeout. Stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. You know, when it comes time to move into a new home, it's time to consider Don Lule Homes. The Lule difference is simply setting the bar for quality service in Salem. Find out today about custom-built new homes. Don Lule Homes offers open floor plans, quality craftsmanship, and over 50 years of excellent experience in new construction. Beautiful homes are coming soon. Call today and ask for Erica at 503-428-6992. Don Lule Homes. Welcome back to the Terry Saul Weekend Show. Amanda Smith has joined us, and we're talking with the folks from VetCare. The program, Jim, why don't you tell me a little bit about the program and reiterate what the program is all about? Sure. I'll talk to you about uh, the transition program that I'm the senior case manager for. Uh, our program is really designed to to help veterans get off the streets and get into a safe, warm environment. Uh, the way that we kind of do that is by vetting them to make sure that they are viable for our, our uh, program. But once they come into us, they actually have case managers that they work with. We're going to talk to them about everything they want to achieve. We actually do what's called a wellness program, right? It talks about 
here's where you are, here's where I want to get. That talks about what kind of housing I want to eventually have. Uh, do I need a job? Do I need uh, to talk to our on-staff clinician? Do I need transportation? It's, it's a plethora of information that we gather for them, or I should say from them, and then we follow up with them. Like if they say, they, we make it quantifiable by putting a date on it, so we can go, okay, by this time you said this. So I'll like reach out to that client and go, how are you doing with that, right? Because they're not used to maybe, not all of them, can't say all of them, uh, they're not quite used to being accountable sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So our job is to really get them on that path because ultimately we're trying to give them skills in life to move forward past what we do, right? And that can be a challenge for these guys. Okay. And you're now there's you guys have there's three different programs that are you guys are sitting here representing, correct? That is correct. Okay. Can you kind of go over those? The three. Sure. I'll, I'll say my part. Quick. Sorry. Uh, I'm uh, as I said the transition uh, program is what I do. Uh, we house uh, we have a 30 bed facility that we house veterans in our facility. We feed them, etc. Then I'll let uh, our HVRP program explain what they do. Because I didn't know they were separate, so I'm sorry. Just want to clarify. Okay, Jennifer. The HVRP program is the Homeless Veteran Reintegration Program. We help homeless and at-risk veterans who are unemployed or underemployed find employment to be successful in their life. uh, I like that, underemployed. I have never heard that before. Mm -hmm. I like that. So that's what we do. Okay. All right. And who else do we have? What was your name again? I'm so sorry. Oh, I am Charlene Petch. I am one of the newest employees with VetCare, and uh, I am the program manager for uh, the Suicide Prevention Program. That is a grant from the VA, uh, and we're, our program's name is called VetCare Prevents. Okay. Uh, and our whole uh, vision and mission is to reduce uh, the suicide amongst veterans in Marion and Polk County. Um, in collaboration with certain partners and alliances uh, that uh, I will not speak about right now because I don't know everyone's names. <laughs> I'm still learning. Literally been here one week. Okay. Um, and so I'm catching up pretty quickly, and I got a lot of support and a great team behind me as well. So Is the suicide a big issue among veterans? It is. It is. Um, the, uh, research has shown, based on what I have read and my understanding of um, – of the information out there is that there is a significant percent the high, it's a higher percentage uh, from our for veterans than it is for for people that are norm, normal in the community that have not um, been uh, previously had it do we know why um, I it, there there's lots of co- correlating factors but there's not necessarily a direct causation there but we do know that um, at least from from what the research from the VA I've read is that we do know that there's a higher incident and that there is certain particular uh, steps that can help reduce that and so our model our program is going to model those steps uh, basically providing peer support case management uh, and a lot of other uh, crisis intervention using clinicians and then uh, just kind of following a really um, research strong and evidence-based practice model that, that the VA has rolled out for us okay that's so sad because they are they are really heroes they are the military folks are our heroes mm-hmm um, so that's an amazing program. Do Absolutely. do you ever have? And I'm not sure who this question is going to go out to. So just whoever it is, um, do you ever have folks that are suffering from being in the military? What, what is it? Absolutely. PTSD. Yes. Do you have um, that a lot? We do. Uh, it's pretty common in our facility, and the, the good thing is we have a clinician that he specializes in PTSD. So our clients in the transition program can come to him and you know make an appointment with him and sit down and talk to him. So it's it's a big part of the military background. I mean, 
so quite a few of us uh, on staff are actually uh, have actually served, I should say. Okay. And so we understand the challenges that these guys have. There's not much we haven't seen. Um, so having a clinician that can actually talk to them a lot deeper than just their case manager is uh, paramount to our success with these. But parents. what about the the soldiers or the military folks that don't realize that they may be suffering from that? Right. Maybe they're undiagnosed. Absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, just because you don't know that it's, you know, right, tagged as right. PTSD, you know, you sit down with our clinician and, you know, he's going to evaluate that and talk to you about that. You know, maybe you don't want to call it that. Uh, you know, I, uh, even myself, you know, I, I have PTSD. We that serve, everybody has it to some different level, right? Uh, maybe it's a hard thing to admit. I had a hard time admitting it to myself. But uh, being able, well, I'll put it this way. Uh, those of us who served for a long time, and quite a, a few of us on staff have, uh, we come from an era that is suck it up, buttercup, right? It's Got just it. like Got you it. just kind of deal with it, right? It's like it's my issue, right? Um, you don't want to feel like you're the weak link. And, and I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking right. for all veterans. Right. Of course, everybody's different. But it can be a bit of shame, like, you know, why, why, why me, right? But having a clinician who can sit down and, and talk to them about that stuff is quite valuable to people that normally aren't going to get that kind of help. I mean, you're talking a society of homeless people that they don't know what's out there and what can be offered. But we have so much to offer these guys. It's it's kind of staggering. So if someone is not diagnosed and they get diagnosed, is getting them on a medication or to the doctor something you guys do as well? We work with our VA liaison a lot. And uh, she's the one who establishes whether we have a person, we have two types of bed. We have a service intensive bed. Uh, then we also have another bed, which is a clinical treatment bed. If uh, they're in a clinical treatment bed, they're required to meet with our clinician. And if they have issues, the nice thing about having a VA liaison is as a vet, I can tell you that it's not always easy to get into the system. You know, we get put on hold and your call is important to us. And you know, Right. You, but our liaison, she can actually get on her computer. I am nurses to get appointments. Uh, and so it's a big asset to us for that, that, that clinical side, as well as, you know, just getting the medical appointments at the VA, mm -hmm. which is a lot faster than, you know, the our well, normal we've, process. We've heard stories about... Um, people, veterans that are trying to get in with the VA, and it could be months before they can get in to be seen. It, it can take some time. Um, you know, the VA is overloaded uh, with uh, just trying to get a primary care provider. It can take some time. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the nice things that uh, if our clients are actually in our program, right, we can actually get them something that most vets don't get, and we can actually get them dental. We need to take a short break. When we come back more with today's special guest, you're listening to the Terry Saul Show, brought to you today by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance, back after this short timeout. Back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. 
We are back. This is the Terry Saul Weekend Show, Salem's original radio station, KSLM, AM and FM. I am your host, and Amanda Smith has joined us today. This is uh, quite an interesting group of folks we have here. It is. I love it. I love all the services you guys provide to our vets. I think it's truly important, and thank you. I appreciate it. So, so now I have to ask, what's what's the hardest part of your guys' job? Okay, let's start with, uh, with you, Ray. What's the hardest part of your job? Uh, the hardest part of the job is working with the clients and not being able to provide them as much services as we feel they're entitled to. That long wait that you had talked about getting them into the VA system. That seems to be a very challenging part. When we know that they need help, we can see that they need help and they want it, and actually getting them in to get it finished up. Mm-hmm. Once we get the ball started, then it goes pretty smooth from there, but it's actually getting their foot in the door to the services that they need. Okay. Absolutely. And why don't you pass that microphone over there to, to Jim. In the meantime, Jennifer, you are the program manager. What's the toughest part of your job? The toughest part is sometimes the follow-up. Um, we have clients who can tend to ghost you after you know they get a job. Why would they do that? Because they feel they no longer need the services because they have a, a position and they are happy where they are in that job. Got it. They so just get comfortable. And yeah, or let. the people that, you know, have left the program that were, you know, in the tra- transitional part that left and they were in our program feel that, well, they're no longer transitional, so they don't need our services. You know, um, that's pretty much the hardest part is the, the ghosting. Yeah. Okay. Jim, you're the senior case manager. What's the toughest part of your job? I would say it comes down to understanding. When a client comes into us, they all come into us for different reasons, right? Some guys this time of the year come into us because they want three hots and a cot, right? Right, right. They want three meals and a place to sleep. But that's not what we're all about. What we're really about, as we talked earlier, is trying to get them ready to move on to that next level. Mm -hmm. But getting them to understand and accept, I guess is the other side of that, accept the help that we can give them. Because uh, we're trying to make them work for themselves, right? We're going to give them all the assets they can they can possibly need, but getting them to really want to do this, you know, that's completely up to them. And I think that's the biggest challenge that I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Charlene, what's the toughest part? You're you're fairly new to the team. Right. What's the toughest part of your job? I think right now, um, and I'm sure we're going to have to see lots of challenges as soon as we start working with um, clients directly. Excuse but I me, think, Shirley, I don't mean to interrupt, but get closer oh, to your microphone. Yes, okay. okay. Um, I think right now, um, before, because we haven't started rolling out yet, so I think the biggest thing is that uh, for us right now is just letting people know who we are and what we're doing and that we, and there is help. And there's people out there that who care for you, and we are one of those organizations that have that availability for our veterans and their families. So just really getting that information out there right now is our biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. But once we start seeing clients directly, we're gonna uh, we don't know yet, right? So there's a lot of unknowns, um, and hopefully we um, have the right infrastructure. I think we do to be prepared for all of those things. Yeah, I think my the hardest part, if I was in your guys' shoes, is is hearing those stories of their their war stories, and then seeing them on the streets and just beaten. I mean, I'm sure when they come to your door at that point, they're probably pretty beaten down um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of guys that we, you know, we do outreach to find, you know, clients. Uh, That means, you know, going out to the homeless camps. And uh, a lot of times when we go out to those camps, they look a lot different than after they've been with us six months, right? Right. And we take away the small victories, right? Because not everybody's going to succeed. But we have those those people that I can think of a, a client we currently have. 
Uh, I personally picked him up in a parking lot behind a grocery store, and he was, let's just say, he's not physically and mentally, you know, ready for this. He wasn't quite sure. This guy now has a full-time job. He has his own transportation to get there. Uh, He didn't have a whole lot of teeth when he came on board. He now has dentures that we were able to get him through the VA. Um, But getting those small victories, you know, we were talking about what's the most challenging. The biggest reward is seeing those guys actually succeed. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've turned his life around for him. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he is quite grateful. Um, and it's, you know, I guess that's what brings us kind of to why do we do our jobs. Uh, and that's kind of it. You know, we've all had different careers. But seeing someone succeed like that is more than just making money for a corporation, which we've all kind of done. It's actually doing something, serving the community. Yeah. Do you have success stories that will come back to you? Later on, after they've already been gone and they're on their own, and they come back and say, I'm actually going to let Ray talk about that because he's been with the program longer than I have, so he has some good stories on that. All right, Ray, what do you got? Yeah, that is correct. We've had a lot of good success because we are a second chance employer as well. Three of our new um, employees are former clients from our program. I love that. Perfect. So we brought them back to work in a program that helped them out that they got a lot of success out of, so they want to help other clients do the same thing that they were able to do in our program. That's got to be super beneficial for the clients that are currently using your services to see such a success story and to have them probably talk to them like, hey, this this works. It, you it can is. do it, this. It's very successful. And I've had a lot of contact with former clients that don't work for us that come back to thank us for all the help and for all the patience that we had with them as well. And they have a good rapport with Jim and myself and Sean. Um, because all of us did 20 to 30 years in the military. Thank you for your service. They can actually sit down with us, and we understand where they're coming from. And Jennifer was also a veteran as well. So most of our primary staff is all veterans. Yeah. Perfect. So you're relatable. This is great for the guys. What about for the gals that served in the military? There's actually a program in the front half of our facility called the Tanner Project. They house male and females both, but they are not a clean and sober living environment. And so you guys are clean and sober? We are clean and sober. Okay. So if they're ready to be clean and sober and want to continue on with their life, we feel that that's much more beneficial to be clean and sober and that's why our success rate is so much higher than other programs. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody comes in there, uh, a veteran who's homeless and has literally nothing but uh, a shopping cart, they need clothes, they need underwear, they need you know different things to survive on. Do you supply that for them? We do, yeah. We have clothing that's donated to us. We have programs that um, we can go out and buy clothes for them to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful when they come into our program. Okay. okay. If folks wanted to make a donation, do you guys accept donations of, of clothing as well as uh, monetary? We do. Yes, we have people from all throughout the community that hear about us, and our veterans themselves um, will bring all kinds of clothes to us to a point where we have to find another program to donate them to ourselves. Okay, that's amazing. That's, that's a awesome. good problem to have, yeah. isn't it? That's a great problem to have. <laughs> So earlier, Jim, you had said that you actually go out and 
you look for the vets. You go out to homeless camps. So I find that interesting. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Um, and it's not just the transition program that does that. The HVRP program does that as well, looking for people that, you know, they uh, look for people that need uh, an occupation. But we do go out to, obviously, when our beds get a little thinner mm-hmm. in the summer because, you know, it's nice out. You know, you sleep out in a tent. That's fine. But we'll go out to the homeless programs in the local area. We work with uh, Arches is another program that we kind of hook up with because they do kind of the same thing we do to some degree. But we go to the camps, um, and it's not we're not always readily accepted, right? I was going to ask, they're are you little, welcome there or yeah, not? They're a little defensive, right? It, just imagine the environment they, right. they live in, right? But uh, they've gotten used to people like us that are there to help, and we'll go, you know, just, uh, hey, outreach, and are there any vets here? Um, and just try to draw them out. It's it can be a challenge, but you know that's what we're here for. Yeah. So the first thing when you say is, are there any vets here? You might get zero response. Right. Or we may get someone who says I'm a vet, and maybe they're not right. after we right. vet them. <laughs> right. Uh, because you know we offer a you know they're thinking you know uh, wow what what is this what can I get what do you got um, yeah but we have so much to offer those that really do need it that are vets. That's incredible. Have you yeah. walked into some pretty sticky situations out there when you're trying? to vet or um, no not difficult? really um, it's the feel you get when you walk into the camp right it's that uh, everybody looks at you like oh what are you doing here just that defensive posture uh, yeah. there is such a thing as a homeless mind uh, you know they, they they have a tendency to not want to give a lot of information uh, you have to grow that rapport with them uh, like I was talking about that vet that, uh, you know, we got him from a uh, parking lot into a new job. It wasn't, it didn't happen overnight, right. right? It takes time of them trusting us and sitting down with us and seeing that we really do care. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any resentment uh, when you when you take this particular person who is a vet and the guy right next to him is not, and so you're taking the one but not the other. Is there any resentment that goes out there? I'm sure there is. <laughs> we don't see uh, directly a lot because, uh, you know, what we see is that person kind of, you know, they come to us and we kind of walk away with them. Um, I'm sure that when we leave, there's probably more of that than we actually see behind the, the scenes, right? Right, right. So you said in the summertime your beds are a little bit thinner. Um, so 30 beds seems like it would be full all the time. We would like to say that because we'd like to take care of uh, as many people as we can. But, you know, the, with the, the seasons that we have around here, you know, again, uh, back to that homeless mind kind of thing is I've got mine, right? And I don't want to follow maybe your guidelines or your, your program rules. Uh, they want to be free and on their own. They think they're doing well on their own. What they don't know is how much we can offer to get them to that next level. Right. So can I get? Can we get like a phone number or email for people if they want to reach out, maybe volunteer, donate? Uh, whether don't give us any cell numbers. Whether uh, it's clothing okay. or uh, food or money or whatever. Correct. We can give you our office number, and that is 503-364-1728. Awesome. That's our primary office number. Can you repeat that one more time? It's 503-364-1728. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. We uh, we need to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting warmed up. Today's show being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. More in just a moment. Stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group.
We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. We are back with our final few minutes. Today's guests have been the folks from uh, Vet Corps, Vet, Vet Care, I'm sorry, and is a, a group. Where are you located? We are on Center Street. We're about a block, uh, block east of the Old State Hospital. Okay. And you guys are in, in located in the back. Yes, that is correct. Okay, perfect. It's called Building B. Okay, perfect. And then we were kind of going to touch on some of the eligibilities. You said that it was a self-care one that you wanted to yes, touch on. Yes, uh, actually, um, I wanted to touch on the fact that when our clients are with us, one of the things that we really strive, like I was talking earlier, is them to move on to that next transition in life, right? But that means they have to take care of themselves, right? They have to be do their, their own ADLs, if you will, their own. Uh, they've got to, you know, wash yourself, uh, feed yourself. Although we feed them, they've got to be able to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Keep themselves clean. You know, there are program guidelines that we have for these guys. And one of them is take a shower every couple days, you know, make your bed every couple days, keep your room clean. And those are all really skills set forth. So when they move from us into that next stage of life is they have those things in their mind of this is what we need to do. You know, we talked about a program fee earlier. The reason we have a program fee is to establish that maybe these guys haven't paid bills in a while. Right. Right. But it's like if you can pay your program fee on time, maybe when you have rent, you have that mindset of I've got to do that. Right. So can they come and go as they please or do you guys have a curfew? We do. Uh, They can come and go as they please. This is truly not a lockdown facility. Uh, We do have a curfew from uh, 10 o'clock at night to uh, 6 o'clock in the morning because not much happens good after 10 o'clock at night, right? Right. So that's, you know, we're trying to establish that. It also gives them, you know, our doors lock and they can, in when they enter their the facility and into their room, there's a program uh, that they are a key that they have to put in to get into the facility. So it's a secure thing after 10 o'clock. Okay, for sure. absolutely. Okay. So you know when they're coming and going. Yes, we also have a logbook that they sign in and sign out with. And that's really kind of for us to some degree. It's like if, if there's a fire, I don't have to go looking for them. There you but go, it's yeah. also accountability, right? It's one of those, you know, do this. And, you know, it, it, that goes with the rest of life. Right. right? you got to make an appointment keep that appointment we strive that like if you got an appointment with your clinician keep the appointment mm-hmm. you know uh, if you got to pay your rent pay your rent right because that's one of those mindsets of i've got to do this every time when i'm in real life yeah all right Absolutely. so let's go through some of the eligibility as we have a few just a few minutes left here yeah i'd, I'd love to uh <coughs> there's one on here about uh taking medications uh when it comes to taking medications that they're prescribed we actually give them a, a lock to lock those up for the security of it but uh, it's up to them to take their medications, right? That's our our grant isn't written for us to uh, to prescribe to help facilitate them taking their meds. Right. We also do have them give us that list so we can keep on track. Like we can talk to them, like, hey, are you taking your meds? And right. we have some guys that let's be honest, we have some guys that are a little bit older that have a bit of uh, challenge with memory. And, you know, so we try to prompt them for that kind of stuff. Right. The other thing we were talking about, be, be able to coexist in a cooperative living environment. Yes. We typically talk to these guys when they first come in, like we would mentioned, is you, this is the environment you're going to live in. You know, you're going to have a roommate. How do you feel about living with a roommate? You know, so we kind of preempt that to see how they do. Does it always work out? No. <laughs> we kind of say it sometimes to these guys, like, it's kind of like barracks living, right? You, you're going to be in an environment with a bunch of people. You're going to get along with some. You're not going to get along with those. But we really strive to work on 
on the communications with these guys because they're not if they're homeless they're not used to having to be in that kind of proximity right, right. so we're trying to teach them how to co- properly communicate and like when they come to us as like or myself as a case manager i got a problem with blah 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 my roommate blah 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 whatever it happens to be i'm like have you talked to him well no <laughs> So it's trying to get them to build that skill set so when they're out in society, it's a stronger asset. Absolutely. So for the suicide prevention program, earlier you were saying, I think we were off air, that not only do you help the vet, but you also help the family members as well. And I think that's huge. Can you maybe touch on a little bit of that? Absolutely. So part of the um, part of the grant is not just direct client services. It's also providing support and uh, referral resources and education to family members uh, uh, that have uh, that, a, that a client is directly connected to us and willing to participate in services. So if we have a veteran that has um, that has enrolled in our services and is uh, participating, their family members, anybody over the age of 18, can also get those, um, those same resources. Uh, we also provide education in regards to suicide prevention and just mental health awareness to help reduce that barrier and stigma attached to it for, mm-hmm. for the community and also for their families and veterans, too. Okay. So do you guys have any, like, events coming up or a fundraising? for suicide prevention? I know you're new in this, sorry. I <laughs> and th- that's a great question. And, and uh, we, as of today, we don't. But uh, we are doing a grant rollout uh, conference next week with, with the, the VA. And so once that's done, we'll have some dates scheduled and really, really start pushing outreach and direct client services. Yeah. And we're getting really geared up for that. So we're very excited. Dealing with uh, suicide prevention with the vets, that's got to be, I commend you for that. That's That can't be an easy job to say the least. It's, it's, I take it very seriously, yeah. and it's really important to me for uh, this program to to launch in a very successful way so that we can provide the best services to the to this population in the best way that we can. Absolutely. Do you have some more um, eligibility requirements? Oh, sorry. I thought you were done, and I just cut you off there. We do require all of our clients to participate in weekly housing meetings. Oh, okay. um, so we give them an opportunity to express what their issues are or what their questions are every week so we can answer those or call them in one by one and talk with them as well. Um, we'll you know, we can help them with any chemical dependency issues that they have. Um, Jim does a great job of their case management plan of giving them step-by-step directions to get out and be successful because our overall mission and goal is for these veterans to get out on their own and never have to use these kind of services again. Okay, never like have that. to fall back into any type of assistance they'll be able to do all of this on their own as well now off air i think jim you were saying how uh sometimes if people fall and they struggle yes um unfortunately that's just part of the addiction world and you were saying that that doesn't necessarily mean we kick them out but you you can get them into detoxing absolutely well um being you know homeless the 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 community kind of you know, you're trying to escape reality, and maybe you drink, maybe you take uh, non-prescription medications. Uh, it's not unusual at all. In fact, it's kind of part of the norm. But uh, if someone, you know, has a relapse, right, and we've tested them uh, in our facility for whatever it happens to be, you know, I'm going to sit down with them first off and talk to them like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, brother, what, how can I help you, right? You know, they've got to want to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. 
because we can't do it for them. Absolutely. But if they, they say, look, you know, I, I really am struggling and I need some assistance, uh, we'll work that out. I have... Uh, I have detox centers, uh, you know, from Vancouver to Astoria that I can reach out to and say, look, I need uh, this vet. And we'll start talking about that stuff and we'll get them into the program. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, do you mainly just serve Marion and Polk County? Yes, mainly we do. Uh, but we also, I've taken vets from, like I said, uh, the place I was talking about in Astoria uh, called Virtue. They have clients that they go through detox, and we've taken, taken those people from there. So we don't have to just serve Marion Polk. If you're from out of the area because people come into us, right. uh, we can definitely facilitate that if you reach out to us. Okay, awesome. In the final uh, minute or so we have left, why don't uh, we get some contact information from all of you again? Uh, Ray, why don't we start with you? If people want to get in touch with you without giving out your cell phone number, what's the best way to get in touch with you? It would be with my email, and that's Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D, dot powers. E-O-W-E-R-S at westcare.com. All right. And Jennifer, how about yourself? It is uh, Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R dot O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-L at westcare.com. All right. And Jim? Yeah, mine is jim.stackhouse. That's just like it sounds. S-T-A-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at westcare.com. And last but not least... Uh, Charlene, Charlene Petch, so C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E dot P-E-C-H at westcare.com. Okay. Awesome. Would you folks come back and join us again sometime? We have a lot more questions we could ask We'd you. We'd be there. more than happy to, and, absolutely. Uh, vet Care is the name of the facility. Thank you guys and, uh, so much for thank coming you in. for coming in. You bet. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Appreciate the opportunity. Mm-hmm. We're just about out of time for today's show. Remember, you can catch our show every Saturday at 10 a.m. and a replay Sundays at 6 p.m. right here on Salem's original radio station, KSLM. A reminder, if you missed any of today's show or would like to hear any of my shows, you can always hear a podcast on our official KSLM website at www.kslm.news or on my official website at www.terrysall.com. If you would like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is terry at kslm.news. We'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. Bye, everybody.